This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, April 4th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court this week threw out a request by a woman shot several times by police, her request to show evidence against the cop to a civil jury. The court didn't so much throw out the case as prevent the case from beginning. Justice Sonia Sotomayor says that gives cops the ability to shoot first and think later. Cato's Clark Neely comments on the opinion. Before we get into the facts of this case, when the Supreme Court uh, receives uh, an appeal to uh, to have their, a case heard and they engage in a summary reversal or some sort of summary judgment, uh, what is implied by that action? Well, uh, so mechanically what happens is that instead of uh, having the parties brief and argue the case so that the court can give the issue in the case its full and considered attention, the court instead uses a summary procedure where it doesn't even receive any briefing beyond just the, um, the petition for certiorari that is the sort of application to have the case heard. And as the name implies, a summary re- reversal is just that. It's summary. There's no briefing. There's no argument. The Supreme Court just looks at the case and says the lower court so obviously got it wrong that we don't even need to hear any more about it and we're just going to uh, uh, reverse the case without you know sort of a full-blown uh, hearing an argument on the merits on the basis of of the kind of extensive briefing that the Supreme Court normally receives when it wants to make sure that it gets the you know the decision correct. Now, this in this case, Kissella v. Hughes, and I would co- I would commend to people to read both opinions issued here: the one that was the summary reversal and the dissent from Justice Sotomayor. They even sort of characterize the facts of the case dramatically differently about how this officer shot a woman who we can all agree was holding a knife uh, and uh, shot her uh, several times. And she sued, uh, saying that her Fourth Amendment rights had been had been violated. The court sent that or sum- summarily reversed uh, lower court ruling. Uh, but Justice Sotomayor uh, took a pretty significant issue with that, in part because she thought that summary reversal was so so wrongheaded in this case. Yeah. So what happened in this case was that back in 2010, the um, police uh, received a, a call for a welfare check. Essentially, there was a woman who was acting erratically, uh, holding a knife in her hand, chopping at a tree. Um, clearly, has some you know some some mental health issues. And when they arrived, uh, three police arrived on the scene. Uh, the woman whose name was Amy Hughes was talking to a roommate of hers uh, outside their home. She was not, uh, you know, in any way being menacing. She wasn't being threatening. Um, the roommate said that the, the uh, Amy Hughes, the woman who ultimately ended up being shot, was simply holding the knife pointed down at the ground alongside her leg. Two of the police tried to engage her in conversation, essentially, you know, tell her to kind of put the knife down and, and, and just talk it out. Um, and after ordering the woman to drop the knife once or maybe twice, the other officer, uh, Andrew Casella, just started shooting at her, um, shot her eight times. Somehow she managed to survive. Um, but there was no, you know, she didn't lunge. There wasn't some, you know, particularly provocative or threatening act. She was just standing there having a conversation with a knife in her hand pointed down at the ground. Uh, and the question in the case is whether that use of force under the circumstances was unreasonable to the point that it violated 
uh, Amy Hughes's Fourth Amendment right to be free from unreasonable uh, seizure. That's what the courts consider it when a police officer shoots you. It's a seizure. Uh, and the lower court said that that question should go to a jury because um, – there was some dispute about what the exact facts were of the case and if they, you know, if, if, if the facts were one way, maybe that's a little more sympathetic to the officer. If it's another way, it looks a lot more unreasonable and that this uh, case should should go to a jury for resolution uh, because uh, Ms. Hughes ultimately filed a civil lawsuit. So that's what we're talking about, not a criminal case. This is a civil case. And uh, and the, the police appealed that as they typically do, say, nope, we were entitled to qualified immunity, which is a doctrine we've talked about before that essentially says you cannot sue a police officer unless they violated a clearly established right. And they argued as they typically do that, you know, you didn't find a case that was exactly the same as this one where, you know, a woman named Amy Hughes got shot eight times in her front yard while holding a knife on May 10th, 2010. So, you know, it's the right is not clearly established. Uh, the Ninth Circuit correctly, in my judgment, rejected that argument. And the Supreme Court did what it so often does in these cases. It, it granted review, summarily reversed, and said, you know what? We don't even need to hear any more. Don't need briefing. Don't need arguments. Um, you were so clearly wrong, lower courts, that we are going to reverse uh, and uh, send the case back with orders to dismiss it uh, because this uh, case doesn't even get to go to a jury uh, because this, it's so clearly um, – it's so clear to us that uh, qualified immunity applies here um, that the case must be dismissed. And uh, Justice Sotomayor, uh, again, I'll commend this opinion to people uh, to read, but she basically says, come on, there are cases that are similar enough here that we can draw some reasonable conclusions about whether or not summary reversal is an appropriate uh, remedy. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, and it's a very powerful opinion. Um, I mean, in part because I think it's she's so obviously in the right. Um, the most important thing, I think two important things to remember are first, the majority and the dissent, and it's not just Sotomayor, uh, Justice Ginsburg joins her, but the majority and the dissent here are kind of arguing over a completely made up um, and largely fantastical kind of, uh, you know, judicial doctrine. So in a sense, they're almost like they're almost arguing about, you know, who was more unreasonable, uh, the Hulk or Spider-Man when they got in a fight. Uh, it's all just totally made up. Uh, qualified immunity doesn't have any basis in the Constitution, doesn't have any basis in federal statutory law. It was just invented out of whole cloth by the Supreme Court uh, in, a, I think, a rather transparent effort to reduce the amount of accountability uh, that law enforcement faces. And so it's, it's, a, it's a bit disconcerting to see, you know, the justices arguing over a completely illusory, imaginary doctrine that the Supreme Court has totally made up. And so they're debating about whether this imaginary thing was or was not correctly applied in this case. The other thing to remember that's, that's I think, absolutely critical here is what they're really arguing over is whether a citizen jury should have the opportunity to participate in and ultimately answer the question of whether the use of force in this case was or was not reasonable. And that's quite uh, a stark point, I think one that bears emphasis. The, um, the, the institution of the jury, both civil and criminal, takes up more words in the Bill of Rights than any other single subject. So it's absolutely central. Uh, the, 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 the jury as an institution, again, both civil and criminal, is absolutely essential to um, you know, the American system of government. And what we're really talking about in this case is should the courts and specifically the Supreme Court effectively eliminate the participation of citizen jurors in determining whether a particular use of force by law enforcement was or wasn't reasonable, just as the criminal jury has effectively been eliminated 
through the use of coercive plea bargaining to the point where almost nobody goes to trial anymore in a criminal case and something like 96 or 97 percent of all criminal convictions are obtained through plea bargain as opposed to jury trial. So effectively, this is part and parcel of a very successful judicial effort to vastly restrict and limit the participation of citizen jurors in the system when it comes to deciding who should be convicted of a crime and when law enforcement should be held accountable for the excessive use of force. Uh, this is from the ABA Journal uh, story, sort of summarizing this, uh, these, uh, the dissent. He, uh, they write here, uh, Sotomayor said that the court routinely displays an unflinching willingness to summarily reverse courts for denying officers qualified immunity while failing to intervene on behalf of the people they shoot. Well, that's exactly right. That's, that's uh, empirically correct. In the last four years, the Supreme Court has summarily reversed uh, lower court decisions that would have at least permitted the case to go to a jury. Instead, the Supreme Court steps in the way it did here without receiving any briefing or argument, just says, nope, the lower courts are wrong. Uh, this case does not get to a jury. Just dismiss it. Um, in the last uh, – since 1982, when the Supreme Court invented qualified immunity out of whole cloth, uh, there have been uh, 31 – qualified immunity grants. In other words, the Supreme Court has heard 31 qualified immunity cases, which is a lot. Uh, and in all but two of those cases, the Supreme Court sided with the police and uh, said that um, the case should not even get to a jury uh, and should just be dismissed out of hand. Um, th those numbers are extraordinary, and they represent an extraordinary placing of the judicial thumb on the scales in favor of law enforcement. And I would go so far as to say even an antipathy uh, and a hostility towards the uh, the idea that jurors have a legitimate role to play in the system that that um, you know citizens in the form of, of of citizen juries should be in any way involved in providing feedback to law enforcement about what's reasonable and what's unreasonable when it comes to the use of force. The Supreme Court, through the qualified immunity doctrine, has effectively terminated uh, that mechanism of, of uh, feedback and accountability, and I think very much to the detriment uh, of, of, of the rest of us. So just to reiterate, uh, Ms. Hughes will not get her civil, her civil case simply will not advance. It's over. That's correct. No jury will ever get to determine whether shooting a woman eight times uh, because she was standing in her front yard holding a kitchen knife down by her side was or was not um, a, uh, an unreasonable use of force by this police officer. Uh, that decision will effectively never be made because the Supreme Court has decided instead to apply a completely made-up uh, doctrine that it invented out of whole cloth that says, you know what, in most cases, uh, uh, we just shouldn't let that decision be made by jurors. Um, we should just uh, have the courts toss the case because uh, there's no case directly on point where the exact same thing happened to someone else and we said – that's not okay. So, yep, sorry, so sorry. Uh, uh, your case is over, and uh, you don't get to have a jury decide whether this police officer used unreasonable force in shooting you eight times. Clark Neely is vice president for criminal justice at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.